Hello, everyone. This is Attack the Backlog, the podcast where I, Mark Kuznez, tries to make a dent in their backlog one game at a time. This is episode 27, Life is Strange Before the Storm, an adventure game that continues the story of season one of Life is Strange. However, this one goes back to the past to tell you the story of Chloe Price and her relationship with Rachel Amber and why it was so important to young Chloe. Instead of the first game where you were playing as Max, you are playing as Chloe, the best friend in season one. And unlike season one of Life is Strange, there is no time gimmick or anything like that. It is a straight story adventure game. You don't have any special abilities outside of your ability to back talk. That is the gameplay gimmick of Before the Storm. You can back talk in certain situations to get what you want. And this system revolves around you having a conversation with someone and then playing off of their responses. So somebody calls you a kid and then you say something like, Oh, I don't want to see any playgrounds around here, blah, 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 whatever. It's a system that I found pretty mediocre and when I was using it, I found that it didn't always make sense the way things would turn out, but it's not that prominent of a feature. For the most part, you are just going through the story, making choices every now and again that will affect certain things. Some things are going to happen regardless of what you do, and that's it. And I did play season one around when it came out. I don't have the best memory of it, and I didn't love it. I thought that the time mechanic made it much more interesting, but the dialogue and the characters didn't do all that much for me. Though I think I liked them more than I liked the characters in Before the Storm. Because I hate these fucking characters. I knew almost five minutes in that... I was in for a hell of an experience because right off the bat, it shows Chloe at a train yard and she's smoking a blunt, I believe. And her first bit of dialogue is, I can't believe Firewalk is playing at the old mill. Fuck yes. And her delivery is a bit different than that, but more similar than you might think. And... The delivery and the words, I don't, it just hit me the wrong way. And at that point, I was like, oh, God, this is going to be, this is going to be terrible. I already don't like this. I know I'm not going to like these characters. I'm not going to like playing as Chloe. I do not like her personality based on this one sentence she's already spoken. And it just gets worse than that at times. And it's just, it's not a game for me. These are characters and... People who are not the kind of people I have any interest in hanging out with or dealing with or anything like that. And to put some perspective to that, I am someone who doesn't like Juno because I find movies like that, Juno, Little Miss Sunshine, etc. These indie darlings with clearly written dialogue. I do not like clearly written dialogue because it feels fake it doesn't feel real at all it's hyper stylized and to some people to a lot of people in fact that dialogue is 
great. And I don't want to put that dialogue in your head too much in comparison to Before the Storm because I don't think it's on that level. But the vibe of the writing and the dialogue and the characters is that similar indie darling style. And I do not like it. At one point early on in the first episode, you go up to this girl and you're wanting to get a copy of a DVD. And I think she burned you a copy of the DVD that was going to cost you $5. But you didn't end up having to pay anything. You know why? Because the movie you requested was Blade Runner. And not just Blade Runner, but Blade Runner, the director's cut. And the young girl who was giving you the DVD said, you know what? Don't worry about the money. It's okay. I'm just glad some people still respect the classics. And you were smart enough to ask for the director's cut, which removes that shitty voiceover and replaces it with a sweet dream sequence. Oh, yeah. She doesn't sound like that, but it just... I'm just glad someone here appreciates the classics. You even asked for the director's cut, which took out the shitty voiceover and replaced it with a sweet dream sequence. Dream life over real life. That's my motto. That bit of dialogue, my god, fuck you. Such a typical thing to talk about Blade Runner and how the director's cut is so much superior than the fucking regular cut. Why don't you call it the final cut? Or the final cut didn't exist when this game came out, or I mean, the, the, when the story was, I don't know. Whatever. But like, that shit annoyed the hell out of me. And later on in the game, when you've already spent some time with Rachel, you're at the park. And you end up spying on her father. Not intentionally, you're just spying on random people, making jokes, you know, oh, what is this person saying? Blah, 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 blah. And then you see, oh, it's Rachel's father. And Rachel's father is meeting a woman. And Rachel is like, that's not my mother. She doesn't say that. You get the idea based on her reaction to the situation that that's not her mother she eventually tells you it's not her mother but of course her father gets smooshy 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 with that woman you go yum 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 and rachel gets upset and she ends up setting a fire in the park in the forest and she screams and it's an intense moment and visually it kind of works but whatever moving on a little later you're at the junkyard you're with rachel She's upset. You're trying to find ways of making her feel better. And you find a bat. You pick up the bat. And you have the option to show her you being destructive with it. Or to give it to her and be like, hey, go fucking wild with it. And when I did this, I picked, you know, show her some show her some action. And the fucking thing Chloe does is she picks up the bottle and says something stupid in a stupid voice. Like, oh, when I drink beers, I like to keep it on the back of the toilet. Blah, 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 blah. And she puts it on the back of the toilet. And then instead of fucking just smacking the shit out of this bottle, she just tips it over. She gently taps it and then says, home run. And I just fucking, I wanted to smash her in the face with the fucking baseball bat at that point because... What kind of shit is that? She didn't show her anything. She just tipped the little bottle over. Oh, yeah. And when she gets suspended because she and Rachel ditch school to go to the park. And Rachel, of course, she has a glowing record. She's fine. Chloe, she's a trouble child. She's a bad child. She's been bad so many times before. And now she's got to be all whatever. She's suspended for the rest of the year. I guess this is why she's a 19-year-old senior in Life is Strange Season 1. Who cares? But when they suspend her and they tell her, get your shit from your locker and get the fuck out of here. She goes to the bathroom because the security guard's like, hey, 
You got you got to go. You got to go. No, you can't spend too much time here. She goes to the bathroom. She fucking graffitis all over the place. She graffitis over all the walls, the back of all the stall walls, the floor. She had to have spent like a half hour in there. And the security guard never taps on the door. It's like, uh, is everything all right in there? Uh, what's going on? Doesn't go find some woman or something to go in there to see what she's doing. It's just like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. Just let her hang out in there for a half hour. Her parents are just sitting in the parking lot waiting for her to get out. Nobody gives a shit. And her graffiti is stupid and consists in many cases of her just writing shit down. She's like, oh, I'm a graffiti artist. I'm a graffiti artist. I just write shit down. That's all I do. <laughs> and at one point you do a play. You're forced to because the one girl gets stuck in traffic or whatever because of the fire. And so you have to do it. And it's fine. And then that was a point where I realized, Jesus Christ, I think every single person in this game, at least the kids, they're all super skinny. There are no people of any type of different body types, except for the one black kid who's on the, the football team. But everyone else is just really skinny. And I'm thinking that's weird or whatever. It's whatever. I, I hate the story. I hate the characters. I hate everything about this. I hate the gameplay. I think... Two, this is something that is not jokey, which I feel like the tone of this episode has been very much so. There is a point later on, I think it was in the last episode, where you are trying to find some information on Rachel's birth mother. Because you find out the woman her father was getting all smoochy with is actually her birth mother. Which made sense, because when I saw her the first time, I'm like, that is just a fucking old Rachel. Is this like time travel? Is time travel actually in this game? And that's just Rachel from... The future because it looks exactly like her so when that revelation happened i'm like fucking of course she is look at her they look like fucking twins and when rachel finds us out you know whatever happens but she wants to meet her and in the process of this you learn that her father rachel's father actually hired this drug dealer to get her high so that she would not end up seeing her daughter and in the process also in a way, tried to get the drug dealer to scare her away, scare Rachel away, and almost kill her. It got very violent, and she ended up in the hospital. She got stabbed. The thing, too, she got stabbed, Rachel. Rachel got stabbed with a big fucking knife, a knife that I think was wider than her arm, and she got stabbed in the arm. Her arm should have fucking fell off. That knife was huge. It just like fucking whatever. She bled a lot, but I still feel like it should have had her arm dangling around. I know you don't want to get too graphic, and I don't know how things work in that way. I mean, it would have gone through the bone. I feel like he just stabbed right through, but they didn't show the actual stabbing of it. You just saw him stab, or him like go for the stab, and then clearly on her face or whatever, oh, she got stabbed. And she's in the hospital. You go back to her place to look through her father's office for information on her mother. And this is the part where I think we have to get serious for a second. Elliot, this boy from school who has a thing for Chloe, follows her there. And then there is a moment that I think could use a trigger warning, maybe? For me, someone who has experience with domestic abuse and finds some things uncomfortable to watch and experience i found that moment 
very uncomfortable because the direction it was going in was clear and it, it did go there. He became a bit forceful. He pushed her away at one point. He closes the door so she can't get out and locks it. He's not letting her leave. He's being very possessive and it's just a very uncomfortable scene and I think some people could have a problem with it. Whether or not it needs a trigger warning, I don't know. I just want to put that out there because I found that scene very uncomfortable. I was just looking forward to it ending. I just kept waiting for it to end because it was a very uncomfortable part of the game. And that's not going to be the case for everyone, of course, but I do want to just say that that's in there. And if you are interested, then just be aware of that. But then the story continues and you have the option to tell Rachel about the discovery that her father hired this drug dealer and all this other jazz and whatnot, and then it ends. I can't remember if there's something else that happens when it ends, but it just, it ends and it's, it's fine. You see, you see uh, a montage of things happening, Chloe coloring her hair completely. At one point she puts a strand of blue hair in her hair because you know, she had blue hair in the, the first season. That's, that's fine. Uh, I, I think Rachel's parents in particular look super eerie. For the most part, the character models look fine, but there's something in particular about Rachel's parents and their faces, especially her father, that looks so dead and lack expression. Her father looks like some weird dead mannequin fucking thing like he's super creepy and they are significant parts of the story and they look so weird but for the most part i do like the art style of the game to speak on things i do like about the game i like the way it looks i like that they patched it at some point and at least on the xbox one x which is where i played it you can play through it in 60 frames per second which is really nice for a game like this going back to the Telltale games, which have always had issues with their engine, to play a game like this that runs smoothly, it's really nice. But it doesn't matter how nice it runs if I find the story and the characters and the gameplay and everything else about it to be horrible. I just, I hated my time with these characters. And I did play the bonus episode, which you get with the Deluxe Edition, which is a prequel to the events of Before the Storm. It shows you the last day that Max and Chloe spent together before Max moved away to Seattle. I'm sure people who really like the story and the characters will get a lot out of it. The The bonus episode is most notable for the return of Ashley Birch as Chloe Price. She played her in the first season but didn't play her in Before the Storm because the game was developed during the video game voice actor strike of I think 2016 to 2017 and during that period the game was being made and therefore she wasn't able to provide the voice for Chloe but by the time they were putting together the bonus episode all of that was finished and she was able to reprise her role as Chloe which a lot of people were happy about I didn't have a problem with the voice of Chloe in the main game because I didn't have a strong attachment to her from the first game. It's been so long since I played the first game that I didn't remember how she sound. But yeah, having her return was nice, I guess. But 
not that special for me. And the bonus episode is about an hour long. It depends on how in-depth you go with everything in terms of looking at every single object in every room and interacting with everything and stuff like that, which is the same for the main game. I, of course, did not interact with every single thing because I did want to end this experience sooner rather than later. But yeah, I, I don't know what to say about the game because it was so clearly not for me. That's the thing about this game. It's not bad. It is exactly what you think it is you know it's a, it's a an adventure game where you don't have to mess around with puzzles and you just get to experience the story and be with these characters and see how everything plays out and if you are a fan of these characters and this world and the story then you'll love it but for me it's just not my jam at all i thought that was going to be the case but i didn't realize how much i was going to be annoyed by this game until i started playing it another thing i hate the collector mode, which unlocks after you complete episodes, is fucking bullshit. It's another fucking bullshit part of the game. It is not collector mode. It is your choices don't fucking matter mode. Because you would think in collector mode, because in, in the game, you can graffiti certain places. And those are ways you unlock achievements. And there are so many throughout the game in different parts of each episode. And... When you're in collector mode, you can jump between scenes and it'll show you how many pieces of graffiti you found in that particular scene. And you would think in collector mode, you would be able to skip dialogue and just get to the points where you have to do your bit of graffiti. But that's not how it works. You can't skip the dialogue. It's basically just a mode where you can replay a scene and your choices won't affect the main story. If you want to go back and collect stuff in the first episode before you move on to the second episode, the choices you make won't affect your main playthrough. And I think that is fucking horseshit. You should be able to skip the dialogue because there are long stretches of dialogue and it is annoying. I'm here to collect shit. I'm not, I mean, I'm not collecting shit. I'm here to write shit on the walls, but that's what I want to do. That's what that mode is there for, right? Just let me skip the dialogue. Why make me sit through this stuff? And the thing I ended up doing was just, okay, well, I have to sit here for a few minutes, so I just would initiate a dialogue or whatever and put the controller down in my periphery. If I saw that I needed to make a choice, I would press the button. I didn't care about the button, and I would just wait until I was free to move around again, and that is how I played through that thing. It's just a bunch of bullshit and just made collecting all the achievements very tedious, which I did because... I wanted to immediately delete it from my hard drive and then hide it from my install list on my Xbox One so that I can never see it again because there is nothing about this game that would ever make me want to return to it. I don't care about these characters. I wish that fire wasn't put out and that the whole town just burned up along with everyone in it because these people suck and they deserve to burn. They don't deserve to burn, but I just, I don't like this game. Can you tell how much I don't like this game? Can you tell? Like, I, I kind of really don't like this game. Can you tell? Anyway, that will do it for this here episode of Attack the Backlog. My most heated. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that, but okay. My most heated from the fire episode of Attack the Backlog. Is this my most hated game? Maybe. I don't know. Because there are other games that frustrated me in terms of the way they played. And that's not a problem with Life is Strange, but this story, which is all the game is, and I had to endure it, I hated that a whole bunch. 
But that will do it for this here episode of Attack the Backlog. Once again, I am your host, Mark Krasnez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sauces. The site is, of course, pixelatedsauces.com, where you can find this podcast and the Pixelated Sauces podcast, which are both available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you'd like to check out the video version of this here show, you can go over to youtube.com slash sausage and watch them there and if you'd like to check out the art i make you can go over to pxsart.com if you see something you like click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy and if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do please go over to patreon.com pxs and support us that way as always thank you for watching or listening i hope you enjoyed this here episode and if you if you like this game and you like the life is strange universe and all that I'm sorry that I don't like it as much as I do. I don't mean to be so mean. It's just not for me. Okay? Okay, can we still be friends? Thank you. Anywho, again, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Stick it out together.